Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Tar Heel Prescription, a student-run podcast here at the UNC School of Medicine. My name is Abdul. My name is Anu, and we are very excited to bring you another episode of the specialty series with a guest that y'all should recognize if you've listened to the endocrine block episode of the Foundation Phase series. Today, we are delighted to be speaking again with general endocrinologist Dr. Morgan Jones. In addition to his role as one of the co-directors of the endocrine block and foundation phase, Dr. Jones is the inpatient director for the Division of Endocrinology and has been at UNC since 2017. Dr. Jones, thank you so much for joining us again. If you would, please tell us a little more about who you are and what you do here at UNC as both a clinician and a researcher. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So like you said, I've been at UNC for about five years now, and I've really had a nice diverse experience here as far as my career. So I started out as just a clinician, and by just a clinician, I mean spending all my time in the clinic. Um, Over the last five years, I've developed a couple things. So now I do a lot of quality improvement for UNC, focused around diabetes improvement on the inpatient side. I'm also the site PI for two continuous glucose monitor um, trials and continuous glucose monitor trials for inpatients uh, rather than patients that are in the um, clinical setting. Um, In addition to that, uh, I do, as we know, the block directing for um, the preclinical medical student endocrine block. Well, it's a pleasure to have you here today, Dr. Jones. And to dive right in, could you tell us more about your personal journey to endocrinology? How did you find yourself here and what experiences sort of shaped your decision? Yeah, so um, I've been doing some endocrine fellow interviews all day, and I've been reflecting on this actually quite a bit as they ask me the same question. And so I kind of had a non-traditional path for medical school in general. Um, At the end of my time in undergrad, I made a decision, maybe rashly, that I would rather just go have a year off and have fun. And so I found myself um, out in Oregon, um, living in the mountains, enjoying myself, but I wasn't really happy with the jobs that I had. And I started working at a free clinic. I loved my time in the free clinic because of the relationships that I made with patients. That led me back to medical school and then internal medicine residency. And as I was kind of going through my internal medicine residency, I thought about a lot of different specialties. And I ultimately decided on endocrinology for two main reasons. I loved the longitudinal care that you provided to patients with um, endocrine disorders. And you really get to establish a rapport, in my opinion, that's very similar to a primary care provider, which is hard to find in some specialties. In addition to that, I love endocrinology because of the fact that you can understand the physiology. I think being able to think about the hypothalamus-pituitary axis really makes me um, excited. And it's also something I can understand. So those are the two main reasons I ended up going into endocrinology. That's amazing. And I got to agree. I think the HPA access, like it, it's really cool because I think it just makes sense. And just thinking about like following it down the line, it makes a lot of sense. So talk to us a little bit about a day in your life as an endocrinologist. So one of the cool things about my job is I think I really am a clinician educator. Um, and you hear that term a lot. Um, and many times people say, well, what does exactly that mean? And sometimes that means that you spend all day, every day in the clinic. But for me, I really have a different schedule every day. So most of my days are either spent in the clinic or working on research or educational projects. For instance, on Mondays, I typically do um, two half-day clinics or a full day of clinic. However, on Tuesday, I have an um, academic or administrative day where I 
focus on quality improvement. I meet with people for my projects. I may be mentoring students or mentoring um, residents or fellows. And then I have a lot of meetings, obviously, as well from the administrative side as the um, inpatient director. So I don't actually have a typical day, which is something I love. Um, but if you were to say, what is the typical day for a general endocrinologist outside of the academic setting, it would typically be one of two things either doing a full day of clinic or spending a full day doing consultative care in the hospital. Wow, so never a boring day in endocrinology, a little bit of everything. Some days you're even recording podcasts. That's true. <laughs> Um, and I guess on a more logistical note, could you advise us on what a medical student interested in endocrinology should be doing while in medical school? And this is to prepare applying to residency, but also could you speak a little bit about the different paths that you can take to endocrinology? Yeah, so that's a great question. And one thing that I wish I had thought about when I was a medical student is um, really what the difference is between working in a hospital-based or private practice setting working as a clinician educator, or being a physician scientist. And one of the things I think is great about endocrinology is that we need all three. So the folks who are really interested in clinical care and just want to spend all day in the clinic, what you need to do as a, um, a medical student is obviously get yourself familiar with internal medicine and apply for the best internal medicine residency you can. Um, I would highly recommend, if you're interested in endocrinology, to reach out to me or one of our other leaders in the division. Dr. Kirk, Deepa Kirk, is a great person to reach out to because she is our clinic director. Dr. Laura Young is another great person to reach out to because she is our um, fellowship uh, director, but also has a role as an advisor in the medical school. Once you've done your internal medicine residency, I highly recommend trying to do either a quality improvement or even better yet, a research project. Again, something I wish that was told to me when I was at that stage, just because then you're really going to open up a lot of doors when you start your job as a physician, um, especially if you end up in the academic setting. And of course, if you end up not in the academic setting, at least you had that great experience, and then you can hit the ground running with your patient care. And when thinking about fellowship, is there anything that medical students should do now in order to prepare for that? I know it's very far away, but does perhaps research in endocrine-related subjects, does that have any merit? Or Absolutely. As someone who does a lot of fellowship interviews, if you've done research at any level, that really gets my wheels turning. That Hey, this person is interested in not just the clinical aspect of it, but also the academic pursuit as well. Um, I don't think that you actually need to pursue endocrine-focused research as a medical student unless that is just something that you absolutely know that's what you want to do. I will say that typically endocrine research is available just because endocrinology as a specialty lends itself to both bench and basic science research and clinical research, especially in the, the world of diabetes. That's very cool. And I think it's amazing just to, to even hear from you to, that there's so much value in having folks that are interested in doing a variety of things, whether that's academic, clinical, um, you know, education or research, just like integrating all of those. It's really cool to hear that there's a space for, for everyone and everyone's interests um, in endocrinology. Um, so we often hear that every specialty has a personality type. How would you describe most of the individuals that go into endocrinology? Are there any particular traits that might point an undecided medical student in the direction of this specialty? Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, I think the one thing that for sure most endocrinologists identify like is cerebral. So it's a, not a procedural-based specialty. The only procedure we really do are um, fine needle aspiration biopsies of thyroid nodules. And just to be completely honest, I think the difficulty level of that is similar to placing a line which every single internal medicine resident learns how to do. So if you like the analytical approach, endocrinology is a specialty you should consider. 
if you want to make sure that all the disease processes, or most I should say, um, really make sense um, and you don't have to focus on quite so much memorization, endocrinology is often a great um, choice for that student as well. As far as what the people are like in endocrinology, I'm obviously very biased, but I will say that our division at UNC Endocrinology and all the endocrinologists I met when I was training down in Charleston, South Carolina, really were just wonderful people. And so if you want to be amongst colleagues that are very collegial and nurturing at least those two divisions, that's the way it is. It definitely sounds like there's quite a bit of cool people in endocrinology. Um, a little personal question, but what keeps you anchored in endocrinology? We know that you talked about the longitudinal aspects of care being especially appealing, um, but is there something about the specialty itself that medical students may be surprised to hear? I think um, that's what keeps me anchored when it comes to patients. You know, when you talk to a patient with diabetes and you may be their third, maybe fourth provider they've talked to, and because you either know something that the previous provider didn't or just like through, you know, shared decision making and counseling, like something has changed with them, that's just so rewarding. And so, you know, when you come back and someone's A1C went from, you know, above goal of seven, maybe they're even 10, 11, 12, and then you get them down to 7%, that is a really rewarding feeling that always has kept me like coming back for more in the clinic. I think the other thing is that uh, since the FDA required all new diabetes drugs to be tested or to show outcomes for cardiovascular outcomes or the major adverse cardiovascular events, we've really got these great drugs and they just keep coming. And so these are life-changing drugs that may not only help treat diabetes, but help with heart failure, help with kidney disease, and help with weight loss. That's incredible. Um... And I know you've been mentioning your own work kind of with diabetes, and I feel like diabetes is often like kind of the first or main thing that comes to mind when people think about the endocrine system. But as we've learned, you know, in the endocrine block, it encompasses so much more. Could you maybe elaborate on the subspecialties of endocrinology and how you went about choosing between general endocrinology and a subspecialty? Yeah, so endocrinology is a little different than some of the other internal medicine specialties where when you become a sort of super subspecialist, um, they really tend to be doing that either based on their research experience or their clinical experience. And here at UNC, we do have many excellent endocrinologists that focus on one specialty. In general, if you're practicing in the community, you probably either focus on diabetes, thyroid, or everything. And most people focus on everything, and their practice ends up being 50% diabetes, 50% everything else. My sort of super specialty or interest tends to be in transplant-related diabetes, especially patients who have had total pancreatectomies and autologous islet cell transplants. Um, and I did that basically because I got here and the surgeon who worked, Dr. Desai, was great to reach out to me and talk to me about it. And I think we've developed a pretty cool program for these people to make sure that their diabetes is well controlled. But unlike some specialties, subspecialties in medicine where you have to go on for a couple of extra years to become a super specialist, there's only one in endocrinology and it's um, related to endocrine malignancy. And as far as I know, there's only one program in the country for that. And you can certainly do endocrine malignancy without doing that program. And given your own experiences and career thus far, what is one thing you would say to the folks out there who are looking to be future endocrinologists? What is one thing you want them to take away from this discussion today? I would like to make sure that they know this is a fun and rewarding career. I mean, I've just loved my time at UNC as an endocrinologist. And the nice thing about endocrinology is that there are so many open doors for people. It still is an underserved specialty. Um, and so wherever you want to live, wherever you want to practice, you can probably find your career in endocrinology. And there's so much um, available from an academic side, too. 
So, you know, you can have very little research experience like I did coming out of fellowship. And if you work hard and, you know, find good mentors, you can actually do some research and do some meaningful projects. And when thinking about kind of like this broad range of opportunity and the recent developments we talked about, kind of like diabetes medications and everything that's always being produced, how do you see the field kind of evolving maybe 5, 10, 20 years from now? Yeah, I think that's a great question for all of us in medicine. You know, I think virtual care, artificial intelligence, those types of things are really going to change the way that we practice. And I kind of envision the endocrinologist really taking care of a larger population moving forward. Um, and I think consultative care in general should strive to be consultative care rather than substitution for primary care um, when it comes to a large portion of their practice. And part of that makes me a little sad because, like I said before, one of the things I love is longitudinal care. Um, and I think that will always be in endocrinology with folks that have things like type 1 diabetes, pituitary disease with multiple axes that have been affected by their condition. But I do think things like type 2 diabetes, as we educate the rest of our um, colleagues and as they become more comfortable with these newer drugs, tend to be sort of a one, two, three, four, five visits with your endocrinologist and going back to your primary care doctor. Um, so I think that will continue to be what we do. And I also think that it may be in the future that we're responsible to make sure that our patients are really following best practices. All of our patients with kidney disease um, are put on SGLT2 inhibitors if appropriate. All of our patients with heart failure are put on SGLT2 inhibitors. All of our patients who have had atherosclerotic disease are put on GLP-1 receptor agonists. So things like that, I think, could really be the future for endocrinology. On a fun note, I think I have an idea of an answer, but I'm curious to see if I'm right. What is your favorite hormone or endocrine gland? Yeah, and I think I talked about that a little bit last time I was mm -hmm. on the podcast. And after I answered that question, I was wondering if I would answer it the same way again today. And I think I answered it this way before, which that my initial love in endocrinology was thyroid cancer, and I also liked adrenal disease. Um, and as I've kind of practiced more and seen that longitudinal care, I'm really more of a pancreas guy now. Um, and I really do think of myself more as uh, diabetes first than the rest of endocrine second. So I think I'm pretty consistent with that answer. You got it right. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, those are all the questions we have for you. We'd like to leave some room now for you to share any other thoughts or insights that you might have about anything really, medicine, residency, life, should students go into endocrinology, et cetera. Yeah. So, I mean, I do think that um, the majority of people who are happy being doctors are happy being whatever specialty they end up in. But I do think it helps to choose one that you love. And endocrinology is a specialty that most people who go into it love doing. And I highly recommend looking into it. In addition, I would put out there that contacting me or someone else within the Division of Endocrinology for really any students that are listening, um, whether they be medical students or even if somehow an undergrad student got their hands on this and are interested in becoming a doctor, it's always good to reach out to us. Um, medical students that go on to great residencies outside of UNC that think about doing endocrinology can also reach back out to us. Um, I think it's always helpful to know what you're getting into. Uh, but yeah, that's that's probably all I would say about that. Well, thank you so much for giving such you know an open invitation and keeping the doors open. I definitely personally am very much enjoying the endocrine block, and I gotta say it's on my radar for the future. So thank you. Um, so Dr. Jones, this has been an absolutely delightful talk. Thank you for sharing some of your time and wisdom with us. To our listeners, that was Dr. Morgan Jones and a little snapshot into endocrinology. My name is Anu. And my name is Abdul. 
be sure to uh, take up Dr. Jones' offer and hit him up if you are interested in endocrinology. And also be sure to follow the Tar Heel Prescription on Instagram to keep up with our speaker highlights and latest episodes. And please give us any feedback or suggestions for episode topics by either contacting us directly or filling out the Google form we recently circulated. Once again, thank you for tuning in today, and we'll see you next time on the Tar Heel Prescription. Thank you.